Hey, what's the fussin'? Tellin' you what's a happenin'? This is the Pyro Light Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 49. We are back and we are rolling into week seven. This is Pyromaniac Mo, and I'm here to talk waiver wire, streaming options, DFS, NFL, Vegas vibes, and more. You can follow me on Twitter at Pyromaniac Mo, all letters. And the good music that brought us in today was from one of my favorites, Leo Kotke. He's awesome to see in concert. He's kind of a storyteller, singer, songwriter. He's done an album with uh, Gordon from Fish, which is a great album. But just the stuff he does solo is fantastic. That was a song called Cripple Creek. Uh, Probably not the most famous Cripple Creek from the band you are familiar with. But a Cripple Creek, nonetheless, off the album Mudlark, as always. Stay tuned at the end of the podcast, and you can hear the song in its entirety. Before we get going and I introduce you to my guest, I just want to remind you guys that we are available on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast, Attic, and Blog Talk Radio. In fact, we have a recent iTunes review from the Van Buren Boys. They say they've been listening to Pyro for a few years, and they're the best fantasy podcast, period. Each year they bring new research data to the mix and always have a fresh take on all things fantasy football. From off-season news to pre-draft to post-draft, weekly plays, waiver wire, these guys got you covered. What sets them apart from the rest of the pods out there is they break down every single game on the slate from a fantasy perspective. So you better have some time for a few brews to soak up all the stuff they've prepared for for the coming week. It's well worth the time and will end up being one of your favorite pods in the rotation. Valverde. Well, thank you, Van Buren boys. We do appreciate it. Valverde to you. All right, guys. As I said, I am here today with a special guest. One of my favorites, I've, I've interviewed him way back in the past, but he is here to do the pod with me today, Mr. John Tuvey. How are I'm you, I'm doing sir? well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Uh, John can be followed on Twitter at JTuvey. That's J-T-U-V-E-Y. And John, tell the pyromaniacs what you're doing these days in the fantasy well, world. Well, it's, uh, it's been a long run. I was just uh, counting the... Uh the marks I've made on the wall and I've been in the industry for, this is my uh, 17th NFL season and uh, I'm on my third stop now. Uh, I left uh, USA Today in the huddle uh, over the summer and uh, got the band back together a little bit. I'm working with uh, Rob Fithian now, who is one of the founders of Fanball, if you remember Fanball from way back in the day and uh, a little less content at the moment, but uh, that's allowed me to to kind of seek some other outlets. Uh, so I'm doing a podcast on the local ESP, ESPN affiliate with a couple of uh, other uh, Fanball colleagues in Bo Mitchell and Anthony Maggio. Uh, it was formerly, when we did it at Fanball, it was called the Fantasy Football Pants Party. Uh, but we dropped our pants this year, so now it's just the Fantasy Football Party. And uh, that, that's been an absolute blast. Uh, we did something this uh, preseason where uh, we went around to different uh, uh, local brew pubs, and and you know, Minneapolis St. Paul is is kind of a hotbed for uh, you know uh, brew pubs and, and microbrews, whatever you want to call them, the places where they brew their own beer, they send you out of there with a growler, and uh, you know we just set up shop at uh, a total of five of them and had a blast, got to sample beer, and and folks uh, wanted to drink good beer and talk fantasy football, as as you well know, they uh, 
they are in large supply and uh, and they found us so that uh, that was a lot of fun and uh, you know doing a little less writing but uh, I've got some other stuff going on in my life I've got a, a son now that's playing high school football so uh, frees me up on Friday nights to go watch him instead of uh, prepping for a Saturday morning podcast and uh, sent my daughter off to college and she's uh, up at uh, the the women's school partner of my alma mater, St. John's up in Collegeville, the home of the winningest football coach in college football history. So I've gotten to uh, go up to a couple of games there and uh, walk the sidelines where I used to uh, you know, stand on the sidelines. I'd like to say play, but uh, you know, actually this last weekend we were up there and my daughter got picked out of the stands to go down on the field and attempt a field goal to, uh, I don't know what the prize was going to be if she won, but uh, kicking in sandals, didn't work. Didn't work for her. Also, Holder did not have the laces out, so we're going to blame her friend for an incorrect hold. Uh, but she still won a cooler, uh, at which point I took a picture of her and said, you've now spent just as much time on the field as a freshman as your dad did. So congratulations. Oh, that's very cool. Very cool indeed. And now we are often drinking while we're we're talking fancy football. In fact, I'm drinking a Ellison Covariance IPA tonight. That's a uh, kind of a newer brewery in uh, the East Lansing district, right outside of MSU. And you mentioned uh, some brew tours in over on the other side of the lake there in Minnesota. What's one of your favorite places? To, oh man, we've to got so out? many good ones up here, and and literally every place I went, uh, I don't I don't go in with a, a preconceived plan. I you know I say set me up with the flight. I wanna I wanna sample stuff. This is what I usually drink. You know I'm not. I'm not a huge hops guy, not a huge IPA guy, but I'm willing to try some stuff and uh, uh, hit, uh, let's see, some of the places we hit. Lake Monster uh, has a really good dark lager. Um, Surly's up here, which just has a phenomenal layout. I mean, it's fantastic. And they've got one called Fiery Hell, which is brewed with some jalapeno peppers. But, you know, it's not too spicy, but it does have a really cool bite to it. And then uh, Urban Growler was another one. And they've got one called Cowbell. And it's so easy to say more Cowbell. And they just keep bringing it to you. And I I tell you, that stuff is fantastic. (laughs) So we're really fortunate here. And and like I said, we'd show up at a place and and we actually went back to the Urban Growler uh, this, uh, this past weekend. It was kind of a milestone birthday for my wife. And bless her heart, she wanted to do a brute tour like we did in the preseason. So that was one of the places we stopped. And the bartender remembered me uh, from when we were there in the preseason and said, hey, I got some questions. Questions. I had to help him set his lineup a little bit, but uh, you helped us get faster service and, and kept that cowbell coming. Hey, man, you got to take advantage of uh, exactly. the connection when you can use it. All right. I like it. I've had Surly. That's, that's a good one. You know, Grand Rapids, Brew City, USA, uh, all kinds of things popping up now. So uh, I, I need to make my way over to your neck of the woods. When I talked to Chargia not too long ago, he was talking about some breweries over there and some cool stuff. So it sounds like Minnesota's a Absolutely. A good place and to and you know to. even like when I go up to visit my daughter at college uh in the uh, the town that we used to party in they they've got a brew pub there and I was sitting there thinking this is the first time I've ever really drank in this town for quality instead of quantity and, and it's kind of a different feeling but uh, uh that was really good too you know. So like you said hanging you know hanging out near the colleges what a what a great place to uh you know to set up brew pubs and uh, and really you know, and it's it's so cool to talk to the people at these places because they're so passionate about their product, and they really, you know, you tell them, hey, I usually drink Sam Adams or whatever it is, like, and they will, you know, try this one. This might be in your wheelhouse, and and they're just they're really it's probably the way, yeah. um, you know, when people talk to us about football, you know, we're we're so excited about it. Wait, we got 
all this information that we would just love to dump on you. And if you open up that door, we're, we're just going to you know, throw it at you. So uh, I love to sit back and listen to people talk beer at me and, uh, you know, and sip it and, and taste what they've got cooking. Absolutely. My wife and I, it's one of our favorite things when we go traveling to uh, look up local breweries and roll through, get a good bite to eat, sample some uh, exactly. local fare, as they say. All right, guys, before we jump into the Vegas vibes and just talk about some NFL games that uh, might uh, be on your radar for this fantasy football weekend, just want to remind folks to uh, leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you encounter the Pyromaniac podcast. We just had the uh, giveaway for three limited edition Walter Payton Sweetness posters. Got a new one coming for you. So about six weeks from now, that's going to be the uh, show leading up to week 12. That should be right around November 25th. We're going to give away a $50 gift card to NFL.com. All you need to do to be entered is leave us a review. And once you do, give a screen grab, copy and paste, and send me an email. Uh, that's Pyromania, or I'm sorry, uh, Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com. You can find my email on my Twitter account. And then just in the subject, leave uh, iTunes review, do the screen grab, and you will be entered for a $50 NFL gift card. All right, well, let's look and see what Vegas has to say. And, of course, we've got uh, the Carolina-Dallas. Uh, they are on by. We just had the Green Bay-Chicago game. Some rough news for Bears fans there as they look like they're going to be going on to quarterback number three. But uh, let's, let's keep the future on the horizon, John. Who are you liking this week? So maybe some, some Vegas games you're liking or just some good fantasy matchups or, heck, even just a game that uh, you think is going to have an Well, I really like, outcome. and it's no surprise since it has the uh, the largest uh, over-under on the board, but Atlanta-San Diego, I think there's going to be plenty of uh, points to be had there. Uh, Atlanta has has made a believer of me finally. It, it took him a while. Uh, you know, you, you had Matt Ryan hitting that stretch with back to back Denver, Seattle, and and everybody was yeah. you know now now it's uh, it's going to hit the wall. The, this has been a nice run for Matt Ryan. Uh, even through that, he's still averaging I believe nine point nine yards per attempt. So you know, and now and now give him uh, San Diego at home, and even with uh, Joey Bosa added to the mix, the San Diego defense is uh, very fantasy friendly. So I. I know when we talk stacks a little later on, I've got a whole variety of Atlanta stacks to, that I think will be fun to play. Uh, the other one that intrigues me is is Washington-Detroit. and I think Detroit, both those defenses are actually maybe a little bit better than, than we give them credit for, but there are some things that can be exploited, uh, specifically Detroit, and uh, it's uh, kind of a year-to-year -year inability to find uh, the opposing tight end. So uh, we'll touch on that a little bit uh, in one of the other uh, upcoming segments, but in with Washington, I want to see if uh, if they can truly run the ball, you know, like they have been in the past. But if not, uh, there's a real nice slot matchup. Uh, again, I think we'll be talking about that one uh, a little bit later on. And those are the two that that really jump out at me. Uh, unfortunately, uh, as a Vikings fan, fantasy wise, we really don't have much to offer the Vikings wise, unless you've got the Vikings defense. Then uh, then then you're interested in the in the game. But otherwise, those yeah. tend to be. Pretty boring, pretty low scoring. You know, if you're watching through a uh, you know, red zone network or something, you won't see a lot of Vikings highlights. But uh, um, you know, it's it's still uh, it's a nice run that they're on right now, and hopefully, uh, you know, the way that the Lynx got hosed out of their championship, that's uh, that's removed the curse. The whole, the whole Minnesota Viking Minnesota sports scene curse is gone now, and it's just smooth sailing the rest of the way. Yeah, the historic defense they could be having 
there in Minnesota. And the games you mentioned, I'm on as well. And I think I've got the, the slot matchup where you uh, alluded to the Washington-Detroit to talk about later. Uh, certainly the largest over under the week, 53 points. I believe it opened at the Chargers-Falcons. That was one that I had. Could be an interesting one. San Diego's uh, D, according to 4 for 4 schedule-adjusted fantasy points allowed, they rank uh, 31st against PPR backs and 30th against uh, regular standard backs. So could be an interesting game there, considering it's a high um, spread as well. They're basically favored by a touchdown is the Falcons. Some other ones that I like, uh, I think will be interesting, the Battle of Ohio. Cleveland visits Cincy. Bengals opened at a 10-point favorite. Now, I think it's changed a little bit since then, but I always kind of like to look at the opening. I think anything after that is sort of driven by uh, betting trends. But uh, Cleveland allowing 118 rushing yards per game. If this game script goes well, uh, I think that could certainly maybe, just maybe, be one of those Jeremy Hill games. They they come few and far between, but when he does, he comes in bunches. Uh, you know, they're horrific against the pass as well as Cleveland. So it could be a really nice A.J. Green game as well. That's one I've kind of got my eye on. Um, also, the Kansas City. Home, seven-point favorites against the Saints. Saints on the road are not the same Saints as they are uh, when they're playing at home. Kansas City has the second-highest implied team total of the week, over 28 points to be scored. And uh, this game is one of the two that's expected to go over 50. So uh, I, I think Spencer Ware can do it again. I, I like this game from certain aspects. Certainly the running game for Kansas City, I'm all on. Uh, Jamal Charles, they talked today, his knee... Uh, swelling, so I, I really think it's going to be a uh, Spencer Ware game again. We you shall know, and you, see. And you That's mentioned they uh, Cleveland and Cincinnati, and the, uh, the injury report with Joe Hayden as doubtful. Any any shot they had of slowing AJ Green probably is going to be sitting on the sidelines in street clothes. Yeah, uh, the Iron Hayden. Uh, he's been struggling a little bit this year, but certainly it, without him, not much of a chance there. I, I really think this could be a nice. Game for Dalton, but uh, AJ as well. He's one of my favorites in DFS. I'm going to spend up at the wide receiver spot this week, and, and he's one of the guys I'm eyeballing. One other one to mention real quick, uh, the Big ben List Steelers um, going with the Patriots there. Pats expected to score over 26 points. They're favored to beat the Patriots, or uh, favored to beat the Steelers by a touchdown. Uh, according to 4 for 4 schedule adjusted points against the Steelers are 28th against running back, so all right, with Wild Bill, speaking of the Patriots, um, you know, I can never get a handle on the Patriots again. They're playing a big Ben-less Pittsburgh. Patriots expected to score over 26 points, uh, favored to beat them by a touchdown. According to 4 for 4's uh, schedule-adjusted ranking, the Steelers are 28th against running backs. So to me, if I'm going to get inside Wild Bill's head. Now, I've been wrong on Blunt before. I've been wrong on the running game before. But you got to check a couple boxes. One, uh, the Patriots are expected to score a lot of points. Two, the Patriots are expected to beat their opponent by a touchdown or more. And three, the team they're playing, according to 4 for 4 as I said, is not very good against the rush. 4 for 4 ranks them 28. So you got three boxes checked. I think we could have... I think we could have a blunt game, but certainly uh, Gronk and Brady. Uh, what do you think about that, John? 
Yeah, you're absolutely right. It checks all the boxes. You read the tea leaves. It says it's a LeGarrette Blunt game, but it's Bill Belichick, so it could very well be a Tom Brady runs two in and throws four more kind of game. So uh, I've gone crazy trying to to read Belichick's tea leaves in the pl- in the past. Um, I think if if I'm playing LeGarrette Blunt, I probably back it up with uh, with one of those other guys somewhere in in a stack of of some sort because. Uh, you just uh, you just don't know what what Belichick can do, and you also have Tom Brady with uh, a real nice history against the Steelers, who have had some pretty good defenses over the years. Uh, but Brady knows how to pick them apart. So uh, I think fighting your uh, check boxes on the Legarrette Blunt side is uh, the Angry Tom Tour uh, Up Yours Roger 2016 version. So um, you know it could very well be. Uh, the kind of game where it should be a LeGarrette Blunt game, but it's not. <laughs> you never know with Wild Bill, but like you say, this angry Brady narrative I think is something you can bank on. I think you can bank on Gronk. Uh, I did catch whiff of uh, the Black Unicorn. I think being added to the, the injury report or was limited in practice, one of the two. Uh, so that could be interesting for Gronk, but as we saw, uh, Gronk and Black Unicorn can both have uh, excellent games, which means Brady is going to have an excellent game, and, you know, without Big Ben, I just don't think Landry's going to be able to get much done. I I don't think he's the answer, Uh, but that's just one of the games we're keeping an eye on. As we mentioned here before, the Chargers-Falcons, I'm liking quite a bit. Uh, Falcons in particular, the running game. Uh, some other ones we talked about, the Casey at home versus the Saints. Drew Brees ain't the same when he is on the road. And I do like Spencer Ware, as uh, we noted that Jamal Charles, some swelling popped up in that leg just today, I believe. And, of course, the Battle of Ohio, Cleveland versus Cincy. Uh, I like my Cincy players, A.J. Green. And like you noted, perhaps without the Iron Hayden, uh could be a really good game for him, and maybe even a Jeremy Hill we shall see. All right, sir, before we start talking streaming, I got a trivia question for you, sir. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right, Pyromaniacs, I want you to think about this as well. We know that under Chip Kelly, San Francisco 49ers are running the fastest-paced offense. Uh, According to the Football Outsiders metric, just over... 24 seconds between snaps. So my question is, if Chip Kelly and the 49ers are running the fastest-paced offense, who is running the slowest-paced offense? I want John and the folks at home to think about that while you listen to this. We will be right back. All right, Pyromaniacs, thanks for sticking with us. Just want to remind you guys, stop on by to pyromaniac.com. we got all kinds of new content, including off the top of our heads, the injury report, weekly matchups, plus the articles and charts you've come to know and love, targets, touches, and look, pyro power rankings, and the weekly pickups. So much more that we've been cranking out. Uh, It's an exciting time over at pyromaniac.com. Stop on over and check out all the new content. All right, John, what are you thinking? Chip Kelly is running the fastest-paced offense in the league. Which NFL organization is running the slowest-paced offense? Well, I was thinking it was the Minnesota Vikings, but I, I'm I'm rethinking because usually, you know, like when you watch the uh, baseball game on TV and they ask you the trivia question in the fifth inning, there's usually a tie to something you were talking about before. So I was thinking back. 
you know, and you, and you kind of emphasize the Chip Kelly. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. I think they're at the opposite end of the spectrum this year. John, I think you should uh, go on top of a mountain somewhere and then have young people hike to the top and ask you questions for your sage advice, because that is indeed correct. Minnesota is coming in at number 30, uh, 29.54 seconds in between snaps, and Philly, the place Chip Kelly left, is the slowest-paced organization in the NFL. Kind of ironic, I think, that uh, the place he left went from fastest to slowest. It's a bit of a tortoise and hare situation there. And I don't, I bet the defense in Philadelphia is happier than anybody about that because they were, you know, they were on the field every 17 seconds uh, if there was a three and out last year. And now they, uh, even if it's a three and out, they've got a minute and a half to catch their breath. And, and I think you see it in how they are playing for Jim Schwartz as well. Absolutely. And in fact, um, this is going to roll right into uh, one of my reasons for my streamers. So we're talking streaming quarterbacks. That is guys that are available in over 50% of NFL fantasy leagues. Now we got a few lined up for you pyromaniacs because every league is different. So every league is going to have different availability. Now to do a bit of week in review, as of right now, if you were to listen to me with my quarterback streamers, again, every week I'm using NFL Fantasy and I'm picking players that are available in 50% of leagues or more. I've totaled 118.4 points through six weeks. That's good enough to be fourth best quarterback. If you were starting my quarterbacks week in, week out, you'd have number four. So I'm going to see if I can continue that. But before, I'm going to keep you in suspense. Before I give you the numero uno, now, we were talking Chip Kelly. That's kind of one of the reasons I'm going to toss out Kaepernick just because he's available in a lot of leagues, uh, 96% according to NFL Fantasy. Uh, they're home and they're actual favorites. Uh, they face Tampa, who's only a middle-of-the-road D, and on paper, it, it looks like they've done well. I mean, I don't ask me how, John, but somehow, somehow they were able to put a stop to the lethal Derek Anderson. They were able to fend off the likes of Paxton Lynch, and finally, they were up to the Herculean task of stopping Case Keenum. But besides those two, Matt Ryan and Carson Palmer both put up over 22 fantasy points, and of course, Cappy's got the legs. We saw him just last time, eight, eight rushes for 66 yards. That's a touchdown's worth of fantasy points right there, and if they're running a play every 24 seconds, you're going to have some opportunity. So Kaepernick, if you're kind of desperate, he, he's my least favorite of the picks, but he's going to be available, and you never know what you're going to get with his legs. What's your quarterback streamer this week, John? Well, at least you, even if he's your third best uh, option, I'm glad that we're recording this on a Friday instead of prior to Thursday's game because I was gung-ho on, on uh, Brian Hoyer heading into the uh, weekend. And that uh, that didn't pan out so well. You know, I, I thought he was off to a fast start. In fact, I, I was uh, playing some some bargain bear stacks in uh, Thursday DFS games, and uh, 
once Hoyer went down and we had Narles Barkley at quarterback, it just got ugly. So fortunately, I'm not going to be sharing that bit of uh, advice uh, with your listeners. I am going to go with Joe Flacco. Uh, he gets a Jets defense that, uh, especially against the pass, has been uh, absolutely nothing like uh, what we thought they would be. It's been uh, probably their biggest weakness. And their run defense is, is still, I think, all right. Their defensive line is pretty talented. They're going to face a banged-up Baltimore offensive line. So I don't think it's going to be a Terrence West kind of day. I think it's going to be a Joe Flacco kind of day, and I like the opportunities he has against the Jets this week. I, I like the Flacco call as well. Um, one just to toss out is, and I want to get your take on this, he's available in a lot. He's facing a very tough D. However, if you look at it a little bit closer, maybe they're not as tough as you think. But this guy, out of quarterbacks that have passed for over 100 attempts or have thrown the ball at least 100 times, he's got the second highest quarterback ranking in, ranking in the league. I'm talking about none other than Mr. Sam Bradford. Now, the main reason I'm bringing it up, you're uh, in the Minnesota area, and we've got Bradford. Bit of narrative street here, John, but Bradford, you got a revenge game. Now, I've kind of, I buy into these revenge games. Uh, in fact, just last time we saw him, he was a top 12 fantasy quarterback, and he's got a decent floor, if you ask me. He's had double digit fantasy points in every game this season in three of the four. He's put up over 15 points. I know uh, Philly is pretty good, but the Lions were able to poke holes in that Jim Schwartz defense recently and with a chip on his shoulder I think he's got a decent floor what do you think about Bradford I, I agree that the floor is uh is definitely solid for him the Vikings have not run the ball well this year uh, they've really relied on on Sam to move the chains and he's been certainly up to that task um, but I don't know that there's a huge chip on his shoulder and I gotta believe that uh you know, he got paid and, and he got sent to uh, a real opportunity, which has obviously worked out quite well for him. So yeah. I don't know that he has anything to be overly uh, upset with the, the Eagles about. So um, and he's he's downplayed the uh, the revenge angle all week as well, saying it's not a, a me versus Carson Wentz game. It's uh, it's a team game. All of the things that I'm sure uh, Mike Zimmer is uh, is uh, preaching in the locker room and and pounding into his players. So. As far as the, the revenge angle, that, that might be the, the least uh, compelling uh, angle for Bradford. But on the other end, with the way that the Vikings running game is not working and the way that they are leaning on Bradford, um, yeah, the, the floor is, is very nice. And, and there's certainly some upside. And when you factor in that Stefan Diggs is, is scheduled to return, um, he's got Kyle Rudolph, uh, Cordero Patterson starting to play you know, like a receiver rather than just a return man. So there's plenty of opportunities for Bradford to, you know, like you said, just hit that floor and then maybe even add in a, a bonus above that. I think it's a decent floor play. And if you don't have many options, it's someone that's there. Uh, plus, going forward, uh, Eagles have a pretty decent schedule. Um, in fact, I, I believe I like their playoff schedule. They, they see Jacksonville, Indy, and Green Bay all of whom are top 11 at this point for raw fantasy points given up to opposing quarterbacks. So not a bad stash play if you, if you can't really uh, run your fab or go to the waiver wire often. I think he could be a, a guy you can keep on your bench, play a little bit later. Um, we've been seeing him put up some decent games. As I said last time he played, he was top 12. But 
Uh, I would certainly probably take Flacco and maybe even Kaepernick. And my guy that I'm going to go with here is Mariota. Uh, he's had three touchdowns in each of his last two games after a slow start. The Titans are at home and they're facing Indy. Here's the kicker, John. The Titans are expected to score just over 25 points, according to Vegas. That's their implied team total. Let me put that another way. The Vegas odds makers are expecting the Titans to score five more points than their yearly average. And I'd be willing to bet even that number is probably cautious. So to me, five points over their yearly average is quite a bit. That's a, that's a healthy boost. Indy, on the other side, they're kind of banged up. No starters, but they got a lot of guys who log minutes. Uh, haven't practiced this week. In fact, they've got two um, second-string defensive tackles, second-string linebacker, safety, and a corner, all of which did not practice Wednesday nor Thursday. Plus, I think Richard Matthews could be the apple of Mariota's eye. He draws slot corner Patrick Robinson, who, according to PFF, is ranked the 110th best corner out of 115. Uh, I really like what Marriott's been doing lately. And against this defense, uh, they rank 26th in schedule adjusted fantasy points against opposing quarterbacks. Stafford, 340 yards and three TDs. Rivers, 330 yards against them. Blake Bortles, 20, nearly 26 fantasy points put up against this NDD. And even Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer was three yards shy of 400. Brock Osweiler, 269 and two. So lots of guys have done it. And of course, with Marietta, you never know what you're going to get with his legs. He's been doing that more and more. So he's my official pick of the week. But I, I like the Flacco, too. So uh, we, they got some good options out there for quarterback. Well, and, and like you said, with your track record of hitting uh, quarterbacks, you know, fourth, uh, you'd have the fourth best quarterback just streaming. Uh, it goes back to what I think we were all saying in the preseason is that it's such a deep position. There's no need to run out and, and spend big on a quarterback because there are guys like this that you can find. You know, Alex Smith against the Saints, who on the road, one of the worst defenses in the league. And Alex Smith, I think, probably has a lot of the same upside as, as a Mariota. You can maybe get something with his feet. Uh, the only the only issue there is uh, maybe he'll lean on the ground game a little more. Although Tennessee does that too, so um, you know, I, I do like the uh, the Marietta pick as well. Um, like you said, the, the floor is there, and he maybe gets you some bonus with his feet, and and he's been doing it with his arm as well. Yeah, Alex Smith. You know, I uh, mentioned him in the audio podcast that was not uh, last week. We ran into some technical difficulty. Now he didn't live up to it last week because Spencer Ware found his legs, uh, which I think he's going to do again this weekend. And, you know, Andy Reid, he's going to rely on the ground game and, and play D when he can. But Smith is not a bad guy to, to throw on your bench. Uh, you know, Oakland last week, New Orleans, Indy, Jacksonville. Those are the next uh, defenses he's going to see. So a nice little easy stretch for Mr. Alex Smith. So not a bad call, but I could see them kind of relying on the ground game like they did last week now moving over to the tight end position i haven't been doing as well there if you added up all of my recommendations for tight end streamer you'd be at uh, the 15th best tight end so doing far better at quarterback but 15 you know you'll, you'll take it for a streamer i suppose um john i i got two written down here give me a tight end streamer that you like this week 
Well, with the uh, news that Jordan Reed isn't going to play, this one uh, was fairly easy. Vernon Davis, who gets the uh, uh, Detroit defense that, for some reason, maybe over the last five years, they are, they are the go-to defense uh, or if you're starting a, a tight end because Detroit just they can't seem to find the tight end. So uh, Vernon Davis will do everything in that offense that uh, Jordan Reed has done, and Jay Gruden loves to lean on the tight end in his offense. And so uh, a great opportunity for Vernon defense against a defense that's already given up seven tight end touchdowns this year. I think Vernon uh, adds to that total this week. Yeah, I like that call. Uh, not good news for Reed. Uh, it, it can be tough, man, if you uh, – feel your brain is not going to be with you a couple years down the line. Uh, I, I feel bad for the man, but we've, we've seen it before. So I think life has to come first and football rolls on. I, I like that call there. I love cousins this week. Going to talk about him uh, coming up a little bit later. I got a couple here. Um, the first one I'm just going to toss out uh, CJ Uzoma. Now he's available all over the board now with Eifert. A bit up in the air, although it's sounding like he's going to go, but is he going to be a, a decoy? Is he going to log some minutes? They really need him. Once they get into the red zone, his absence has been certainly noticeable. Uh, Bengals home to the Browns. Cincy supposed to score nearly 28 points. And although CJ was shut down last week against the Patriots, the man has received five targets in four games this year. He just needs to cross the end zone and going against the Browns. I think he's got a good chance. The Browns are giving up the most raw points to the tight end position. Even when you adjust for the schedule, they still rank 32nd and only my beloved lions have given up more touchdowns to that position. Like you said, so CJ is a guy that you can toss out there. My main man though is going to be Mr. Doyle and I'm taking him. I think he could see a big uptick here. Dwayne Allen, whom I was head over heels for in the preseason. He's been ruled out. The Colts have scored 45% of their red zone touchdowns through the tight end position. Only two teams have utilized it more once they get in close. Now, according to Football Outsiders, the Titans rank 30th in DVOA against tight ends. 50% of Doyle's games so far, he's been a tight end one in PPR and that's when he's been competing with Dwayne Allen for targets he does not have to do it this weekend so I really like uh, Doyle against a, a team that has been giving it up uh, to the tight end spot so I think without Allen how can you go wrong with Doyle well I don't think you can I mean Andrew Luck has talked about uh, how much he likes throwing to to Doyle and uh, like you said that offense seems to funnel through the tight end position, especially in the red zone. So uh, Doyle with a, a great opportunity. I've got one more tight end I want to mention, not my official guy, but again, if you're you're digging for tight end help this year, uh, this week, uh, Cameron Brait gets the 49ers. It's not a great defense. They've already given up a couple hundred yard games to the tight end position. They gave up 81 yards to Buffalo tight ends last week. And Brait will take advantage of an offense that's going to be missing Vincent Jackson. Um, Adam Humphreys will maybe step up his his workload a little bit and, and see some of that work. But Cameron Brait's a guy that uh, has been doing everything we thought Austin Safarian Jenkins would, would be doing here except uh, be a knucklehead, and that's kept him on the roster in Tampa Bay and I think endeared him to Jameis, uh, Jameis Winston. So uh, a real opportunity for Cameron Brait this week as well. I like that call. I'm going to mention him 
in a, a DFS once we get there. So I like that call. I actually like a lot of bucks this weekend. Could be a nice stack uh, play there. Let's move over to streaming defenses. Again, we can review. I, I'm trying to get the fishbowl thing, John, and uh, open my life up. My life is an open book. And thus far, through six weeks, 38 points for my streaming defenses. Again, always available in 50% of NFL fantasy leagues. If you stick with me, 38 points, that would be good enough. Six weeks, fifth best. So doing pretty good at the defensive spot as well. Just another position you can stream. John, I've gotten a, a few jotted down here. The one may not be available for you, but I got a few jotted down. Give me a defensive streamer you like this week. Well, I've got one obvious one and one that's a little more sneaky. So I'll go with the sneaky one. I'm going with the Tennessee Titans against Indianapolis. Uh, the Titans have six sacks each of the last two weeks. Now they're facing an Indy offensive line that's given up the most sacks in the league, 23. Uh, they're not going to have Jack Muhart in front of Andrew Luck as well. Uh, they've also given up the most fantasy points to opposing defenses. And, and I found that sacks is a real good indicator um, as uh, as you know, regardless of your defense, your scoring system for defenses, um, sacks is a, a way that any of those points are going to be generated. Sacks lead to quarterback pressures. Uh, they lead to, which lead to interceptions. They lead to the strip sack fumble, which are often returned for touchdowns. So regardless of, of how you score in your league, uh, your fantasy defense, uh, the sacks category and the fact that you've got a team that's had six each of the last couple of games against a team that's given up the most and is going to be down another offensive lineman this week. I think that sets the Titans up real nicely for a, a big fantasy week this week. I concur. Not only do I concur, the Titans are my official call, um, but like you said, sacks are a big one for defense. We had our, our boy Stag Party did a study this past summer, discovered that a, a two- 2015, over 50% of fantasy defensive points came from the combination of interceptions and sacks. Sacks was indeed the biggest one. Like you said, the Titans, uh, they are a sack machine in and of themselves. They've got 18, only four teams have more, and they're facing the Colts, giving up 23, most in the league. Sounds like a match made in heaven to me. Uh, the Titans, in fact, you know, if you are strapped with your fab budget, you've got other positions you need to attend to. The Titans, they've got a nice fantasy schedule going up to uh, their week 13 bye. That includes another game against Indy and Jacksonville they're going to see there. So not, not a bad team to kind of hang on to for a couple of weeks. Well, the Titans are my official one. Let me toss out real quick Cincy, just because in, <laughs> I did toss him out last week. Uh, because they were going to play the Browns this week. Bengals are 10-point favorites. Uh, Cleveland's not even expected to score 18 points. Only Indy has given up more sacks. Uh, this could be easily a, a, great, a great defensive game for Cincy. Bengals have 13 sacks in and of themselves. Cleveland has a negative giveaway-takeaway ratio, but they're not as readily available, so I'm just tossing them out there. My other one is going to be Baltimore, 84% available in NFL Fantasy Leagues. They're on the road, and I don't always love road defenses, but they face the Jets. The Jets have gone from Fitz Tragic to Geno Sick, uh, the same deal with the Titans. The Titans are in the top five for sacks, and their opponent is giving up a ton, well, the most. Here, with Baltimore, 
the Jets, you find the same ratio with interceptions. Uh, it should come as no surprise if you've been watching Fitz Magic or Fitz Tragic, as it were. The Jets have thus far tossed the most interceptions in the league, 12. They're playing a Baltimore team that has eight interceptions themselves. Only two teams have more. In fact, the Jets are the bottom of the league, negative 11 in their turnover differential. Uh, here's the thing that's interesting to me. They get rid of Fitzpatrick to go with Geno Smith. Geno Smith has a completion percentage below 58%. That's something I look for when I'm streaming a defense to see what the opponent's completion percentage is. Anything below 60 uh, is a red flag for me or is a good flag for me. He, Geno, has tossed 27 touchdowns but 36 interceptions. So they benched Fitzpatrick, who in his career has thrown an interception once every 29 attempts for Gino, who has thrown an interception once every 24 pass attempts. I think it's going to be more of the same. Poor Gino. It, it looks like he's going to be set up to fail, and I think Baltimore can take advantage. You know, I had the Ravens written down as one of my defenses, too, and you gave a, a litany of great stats and, and supporting evidence there. All I have written down is Ravens versus Gino. <laughs> I like it, and I think that's all that needs to be said because we've seen Gino before, and I think it's going to be more of the same. Um, let's move on, or I should say before we move on, to our pick and flick. This is basically the same thing but with running backs and wide receivers. Before we talk about some running backs and wide receivers that should be available to you in your league wherever you play, we're going to name a few as we always do. Just want to let the folks know, in order to dominate your league, we're asking you become a Pyro Pro. You can join for just a week, you can join for a month, or a full year. You get tons of news feeds, rankings, which include the heat index, they get access to the resource toolbox, and of course, access to the mindshare. You can ask us a question in the second opinions, we answer every single question we always are on there we have great turnaround time for the questions asked we're starting to ramp up the news feeds which includes fantasy goo so you get the stats and then you get our take on it as well information about becoming a pyro pro is available at pyromaniac.com john put on your thinking cat buddy we got trivia question number two according to ff today a great site in and of itself in ppr scoring which tandem set of wide receivers from the same team which tandem set of wide receivers from the same team combines for the most fantasy points scored on a per game basis now i want you to think about that and i want the folks at home to think about that i am going to repeat this part it's a tandem set of receivers from the same team that scored the most fantasy points on a per game basis Notice the emphasis on those three words, per game basis. Think about that while you listen to this. We will be right back. Thanks for staying with us, Pyromaniacs. Before the break, I asked Mr. John Tooby and the folks at home, trivia question number two, in PPR scoring formats, which tandem set of wide receivers from the same team, of course, combines for the most fantasy points on a per game basis? John, which... Two wide receivers do you think are doing the best per game? What's the, what's the team? 
you keep emphasizing that per game basis. And I'm trying to think of who who's missed time, and I can't really come up with anyone. So I'm going to go with the when you first read the question. My original thought was the Oakland Raiders. I'm going to go with the the Raiders. See, and indeed, uh, the Oakland Raiders are second. Now, ah, so close. It, it, and it's because of the per game basis. It's it is indeed a little tricky. I was looking at it today, and it, it stuck out as a sore thumb, and then I thought, oh, well, that's why. It's because of the per-game basis. So, again, per-game basis, Oakland. Cooper, 16.8. Crabtree, 16.3. Now, I'm an English teacher by trade, John, but if my math is correct, uh, 33.1. It was my understanding that there would be no math. <laughs> that, that's all there is. That's, that's all there is, I promise. And all right. I, I had to use a rope and pulley and a couple telephone books <laughs> Just to get me to 33.1. Uh, Cleveland is the winner. Pryor has 16.7. And Coleman, two-game average, 18.2. So, bit of a trick question. Of course, uh, I think I would give it to you if I were running this uh, the game show, which, hell, I am. Uh, I think I'd give it to you because Oakland is the real one that you're looking for. Uh, 33.1. But Cleveland, with Pryor and Coleman on two games, is averaging 18.2 for Coleman, so that brings them to 34.9. But I gotta say, I was wrong on Crabtree. I didn't think Crabtree would be as good this year. I thought Cooper was gonna take a, a bigger step forward, and I kind of thought Crabtree, you know, was after the money. He he inked his deal. I've been really impressed with Crabtree. And Oakland, I, I just didn't think Crabtree had it in him, and uh, I, I'm eating some crow on that one. I've been impressed with Crabtree as well, but I don't necessarily think that that big leap forward from Cooper isn't still out there. I, I still think there's some time for him to uh, to deliver that big leap because I'm on board with you. When, when I was asked before the season, you know, what receiver next year will we be talking about in the same terms as? Julio Jones and Odell Beckham Jr. and A.J. Green. And I Cooper was my pick, and I still think that's coming. I don't know if it's going to have to come at the expense of, of Crabtree. It may come at the expense of the running game, which with or without Latavius Murray has been mostly disappointing. And maybe they'll just load up Derek Carr a little more and say, hey, go ahead, start gunslinging, and uh, we got the targets for you. That could be indeed. And he's got to start seeing some more red zone targets uh he doesn't even lead this was the same deal last year doesn't lead the team in red zone targets for some reason they're just not looking to him once they get down there i thought like you said big step forward this year i, I do believe it is coming but i think i just really underestimated crabtree but i like where they're driving the ship i was a little disappointed in latavius i thought he would do more for as many red zone attempts as he was getting last year um but he's been injured, and he, he scored a lot of touchdowns, just really hasn't put it together yet. And without him, Lord knows they haven't put it together. They've been really missing him. Moving along, we've got the pick and flick. So this is essentially the same deal. We're talking about running backs and wide receivers that you can pick up right now off the waiver wire, pick them up, and flick them into your lineup. Uh, looking back, uh, running backs through six weeks now week six i did indeed even though we didn't get a week six show i did tweet out all of this and i, I put it up on uh, pyromaniac as well i would be 85.5 would be my my average that's 13th 
best for the running back spot, doing pretty well. That's RB2 in PPR leagues. This week, I got, I got a few, John, and I th- I'm willing to bet we might have some crossover here, so I'm going to let you lead us off. Who are you taking from the running back position? Uh, the the two names I have written down, I'll go with the first one, and it's uh, Jacquez Rogers. Uh, with the, the news that Doug Martin had a setback and wasn't going to be in the lineup, Rogers has had a full week to recover from that 30-carry, 105-yard game against Carolina. And now he gets a San Francisco defense that's allowed a 100-yard rusher in five straight games. They've given up nine running back touchdowns in the last four games. So I just... Uh, you know, I, I've got you quiz all over my DFS lineups because he's a bargain price. Um, and I picked him up in as many leagues as I could find room for because I'm going to plug him in. And, and like you said, when, uh, you know, when you're, it, it's so hard to find a running back that's going to help you out uh, at any point during the season. Hitting these guys at, a, at our RB2 rate is pretty impressive. And I think Jack Quiz has the potential to deliver uh, an RB1 performance this week. Yeah, with the usage he got, uh, he is indeed one of the, the two. I have three, but one of the two I'm officially going to go with. I'm picking two this week. Last week I actually uh, picked three officially. Um, Gillisley is going to be my other one. I do have more to say about Jaquiz, but I've got him down for DFS because I think he's a DFS play as well. Everything you said uh, hits home. Gillisley is the other guy, and I'm willing to bet he might even be your guy as well. It's looking more and more like McCoy's going to be out. I heard a uh, Josina Anderson report that says he's going to be out this week in a few more weeks. I just heard another report today that says game time decision for McCoy. So at the very least, it is going to be a game time decision. But if I had to make a wager, which I've been prone to do from time to time, uh, I would say that it's going to be Gillisley. McCoy's going to be out. The Bills are road favorites over the Dolphins. Uh, Miami is somewhat stout against the run. But weak against the pass, but here's the deal. I just think the opportunity, and that's what we chase from the running back position, is opportunity, opportunity to score, opportunity to run. So although Miami is fairly good against the defense, or Miami's defense is fairly good against the run, the Bills are just one of three teams that run the ball more than they pass the ball, 51.45%. In the red zone, 53% of their touchdowns come from running backs on the ground. And in the red zone, when they score through the air, 25% of the time they're going to the running back. So they really filter that offense through the running back. Uh, in for Gillisley, 70 career attempts. The man has a 5.79 yards per carry average. He's played 14 games, 11 touchdowns, 6 come via the pass. I like Gillisley PPR. I like Gillisley standard. Uh, I like Gillisley any which way he comes. I've got Gillisley on, uh, I've got uh, eight leagues, uh, and he's on at least five of my rosters, and I think uh, I was just a li- like maybe a week late or, or a little slow on the uptake uh, for the other ones too, and, and he's going to be all over my DFS lineups. Even if McCoy plays, i got to believe if he's nursing a hammy, they're not going to overload him, so at, at minimum, Gillisley's going to get half the carries, and we've seen what he can do with only a handful of carries. Like you said, the career five-yard per carry average, I think he averaged 10 yards a carry last week. Uh, You know, he's explosive. That's a Miami defense he should have some success against. And like you said, Buffalo runs the football, so a 50% share of 40 carries is uh, still a pretty good workload. Yeah, I've got uh, Gillisley in my high school, my league of record, 
And uh, I, I think he's going to have a great game. I, I've got him in uh, some DFS lineups as well. One other one just to toss out there. Uh, certainly, Quiz and Gillisley are where it's at. But if you can't and if you're in a pinch, maybe, just maybe, a Mike Davis. Uh, again, real bind. Carlos Hyde has yet to practice this week. He's officially listed as doubtful. Um, miraculously, San Francisco's actually favored uh, over the Bucks, and they've got a near 24-point implied total. Again, you're chasing opportunity. They run the ball, or they, the, their pace is the fastest in the NFL, so he's going to get a lot of opportunity to run, and certainly without Hyde, as it looks to be, it's not a bad play, but uh, Gillisley Rogers for sure over that. Turning to the wide receiver spot, I'm fair in wide receiver too. Again, we're talking... Guys that are available in 50% of leagues come Friday. So this is after waivers, where's a process. I'm at uh, 16th best thus far. Now, this week, I got a few written down here. Uh, John, I'm going to let you kick it off. Who are you thinking that you can pick up off the waiver wire and flick right into your lineup at the wide receiver spot? I've got a handful written down as well, but two that really uh, jumped to the fore for me. And I'll go with uh, Jamison Crowder of the Redskins. He gets the Lions, and the big takeaway there for me is he plays out of the slot, and uh, Detroit struggles against slot receivers. He's probably going to end up seeing uh, Quandre Diggs. Um, Diggs has not been stopping anyone out of the slot, and, and Crowder is still right up there as far as uh, targets. I think I think Garcon is past him now, but uh, plenty of looks, and more importantly, plenty of red zone looks. And again, with... Uh, uh, with Jordan Reed out of the lineup, uh, I think a real opportunity for uh, for Crowder. Plus, factor in uh, what he can do as a return man, and uh, he's kind of a, a man with a lot of different ways he can put points on the board for you. John, it's it's like you're reading my notes here. Uh, <laughs> Crowder is my official guy. There's only two wide receivers right now that have more targets inside the opponent's 20. Uh, Cousins, I'm going to talk about him later. I'm expecting positive regression. He has the most red zone attempts, which is why I like him. And I'm, I kid you not, I've got here highlighted the reason why I really like him. And I know this as a Lions fan, he's going to be going up against Quandry Diggs. PFF ranks Diggs 103 out of 115 ranked cornerbacks. Uh, Football Outsiders DVOA, Detroit ranks 31st against wide receiver ones 18th against wide receiver twos and 32nd against wide receiver other is what they list uh but just in sheer red zone volume cousins is going to turn it around he's going to regress to the mean and crowder is right there and he's got a great matchup so i am with you all day on jameson crowder um I don't even think Garcon's necessarily bad. Uh, he's the tallest wide receiver for Washington. Cousins, as as we say, is is passing a lot in the red zone. Could look for Garcon. Um, he is likely, uh, I, I think, but we've got some interesting guys as far as uh, Detroit, the defense. And I always hate going against my home team, uh, Detroit. But with Garcon probably having a real uh, decent matchup, I'm thinking he's going to go against Nevin Lawson. Uh, Darius Slay, according to Pro Football Focus, he should be going against uh, Deshaun Jackson. Certainly Crowder has the best matchup, but I think Garcon's going to have the second best because I think Slay's going to be on Jackson. And I just think with the red zone opportunities there, if you can't get Crowder, I think Garcon is not a bad guy to pick up. 
Who else do you have written down there, John? Well, the other one I have written down, and it's not necessarily a, a tremendous matchup for him, although the, the Giants haven't really been that great against uh, wide receivers this year, but Kenny Britt is red hot. And you don't think of uh, you know, fantasy help from the wide receiver position when you think of the Rams, but Kenny Britt's had 75 or more yards in four of his last five games, including the 136-2 and two, uh, at Detroit last week. And plus, they're playing in London this week. And what, you know, what other opportunity were you going to have to play a Brit in front of the Brits? So it's got to be Kenny Britt this week. Yeah, and like you say, for Marina Suave, uh, that is Jeff Fitcher. You don't have to think of a wide receiver, but he's been doing well. Uh, just to, to let you in here on a little bit, bit of an inside joke, a while ago we uh, crowned Jeff Fisher Marina Suave uh, because he, Jeff Fisher, looks like the guy at the marina that's always trying to take your mom out on his boat. Isn't that exactly what Jeff Fisher looks like? Yeah, I can see that. Yep, I can see that. And now he's in L.A., so he's got a lot more access to uh, to yachts than he did at uh, in Tennessee or St. Louis. Absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, but I'm with you on the Brit. He, he's turning it around there. Uh, Adam Humphreys. I, I think he could be interesting. Although I've got way too much love for Tampa this week. I admit it. Uh, but Humphreys came out of the 2016 gates hot, 25 targets in the first three games. Uh, week four faced Denver. Week five traveled to Carolina. They had the bye last week, so he's had those extra practices. And without Vincent Jackson, somebody's going to step up, although I like some other plays there as well. I got to tell you, I was kind of even looking at, uh, is it Thielen, Adam Thielen in Minnesota? That is correct. Uh, but you know he's going to face. He's got to should have a good matchup uh, against Ron Brooks. Uh, Pro Football Focus rates him 99th out of 115. But uh, tell me the news. It's looking like Diggs is going to play. Is that what you're hearing? Yeah, we had a full practice from Diggs on Friday, so uh, I think that means he's going to be back in his usual role and. Uh, the nice thing about Thielen is, is with or without Diggs in the lineup, he's going to be a reliable target for Bradford. I think one of the reasons that uh, you know that Bradford feels comfortable with him is probably the same reason that, that Teddy Bridgewater, uh, even more so, because I think Teddy need you know, Teddy Teddy's not as inclined to throw a receiver open. Or at least we hadn't seen that to this point in his career. That was kind of the hope that this that's what would happen this year when he would take that next step in developing uh, as a quarterback. But uh, Bradford, he knows, you know, if I'm throwing a, a seven yard out, Thielen's going to run that tight, and it's he's going to be exactly where I need him to be. And I think Diggs is the same way. Diggs just has a lot more speed before and after the catch, and in and out of his breaks for that matter. So that's why Diggs can be a little bit better receiver uh, overall than than Thielen. But Thielen's going to be he's he's a, a nice uh, you know uh, security blanket for Bradford. So. I was looking at him, too, with the news that Diggs is, is back in the lineup. I'm a little less inclined to go after Thielen because I think Diggs will, will pull a lot of attention away from him. But, uh, you know, he's, again, like like you were mentioning with Garcon, he's not a bad play. It's just, you know, the upside maybe isn't there that you can find somewhere else. Yeah, good matchup. And, uh, you know, without Diggs, 7 of 8 targets, 121 and a touchdown. And uh, going forward, he's a guy to certainly keep on the radar. We, we saw Diggs disappear last year, and I think it's a hamstring he's, he's struggling with right now, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but those have been known to pop back up, soft tissue injuries. Uh, so he's, he's a good one to keep on the radar nonetheless. 
before we turn it over to the daily fantasy take, I just want to take this opportunity to remind folks, we're talking daily fantasy, so we're talking daily fantasy sports. Daily Fantasy Sports fans are winning huge cash prizes every day at DraftKings.com, America's favorite place to play daily fantasy sports. DFS means no season-long commitments. Play whenever you want. Just pick your sport and draft your team. It's like a new season every time you play. So you're never stuck with the same players. Over $1 billion will be won at DraftKings.com this year, and you could be the next big winner. Go to DraftKings.com now. Enter the promo code PYRO, P-Y-R-O. All new users to DraftKings will receive a deposit matching bonus for up to 600 big ones. And you can get a free $3 game voucher. That's on DraftKings.com, promo code PYRO. All right, John, fire up those synapses, my friend, because we've got trivia question number three. As of today, October 21. As of today, there's only one quarterback that has rushed for over 200 yards. Who is this quarterback that has rushed for over 200 yards? I want you to think about that as we listen to this, and we'll be right back. Thanks for hanging with us, Pyromaniacs. Before the break, I asked Mr. Tuvi and the folks at home. Trivia question number three. There's only one quarterback thus far that has rushed for over 200 yards. Can you tell me, John Tooby, which quarterback has over 200 rushing yards so far this season? You know, prior to last week, I know that Blaine Gabbert was leading the league uh, in quarterback rushing yards, but I got to believe that uh, not playing for a week has, has taken him out of that lead. So... Trying to think of who had a big rushing week last week and who would have who would have zoomed past him. I'll go with uh, I'll go with Tyrod Taylor. You sir are doing phenomenally well. You've got Tyrod Taylor with 236 yards, Marietta 196, Gabbert as you mentioned, he's in third, 172, Cam all the way down to 148, and Andrew Luck comes in fifth. With 132 yards, John Tooby, you are on fire. And I don't want to get you uh, all a Twitter or anything, but you might, you might earn a one-way ticket to Uzbekistan if uh, if all goes well. That's the prize that you could win today. So keep your fingers crossed, sir. I got to tell you that I was going to say Mariota, but I figured the placement of question, you know, like I mentioned, uh, when you when you mention uh, a trivia question, you would you there's usually a tie-in. I think you would have used that earlier when we were talking Mariota if if it was Mariota. So that's why I I steered away from him. So I was putting context into play as well. Indeed, you uh, you're reading me like a book, sir. Indeed. <laughs> you and Bill Belichick, except one of them not so much. <laughs> I can guess which one that is. <laughs> All right. We are talking daily fantasy, DFS. Uh, DFS, I scored this one a little bit different. Looking back, just to kind of chart how I'm doing, I play DraftKings mainly. And on DraftKings, you're shooting for 3x value. And what do I mean by that? Well, for every $1,000 spent, you want to return about three times for every $1,000 spent. So let's just say you have a guy. That costs a league minimum for wide receivers and running backs. A league minimum of $3,000 on DraftKings. Well, 3x value would be 3 times 3 is 
nine fantasy points. That's what you're shooting for. Now, if you're going for the bigger guns, the big guys, Antonio, Brown, OBJ, those guys, 3x value is, you know, what you're really going to hope for. If you're going for a lower cost guy, you know, 4x value is going to put you in the money. Now, 3x value, you start with $50,000. If you finish over 150 points, you're doing really well. If you finish over 180, boy, you're going to be in the money almost for sure. So 3x value is kind of that magic number. That's what you want to get. So that's what I'm holding my, my bar. I want to get 3x value. Through the quarterbacks so far, I'm at 2.55 points per $1,000. That's through six weeks and seven players I have selected. Quarterbacks, uh, John, I'm going to leave this one off just because I've already talked about him. Kirk Cousins, he is indeed the image of uh, the podcast episode today, episode 49 on the Pyro Light. Kirk Cousins, 7,300 on FanDuel, 5,900 on DraftKings. Uh, High-scoring, close game. This one opened up at 48.5. It's crept up since then. But I, I really think he's going to have his way with the Lions. Um, I saw Rotor Grinders. They're a decent DFS site. Uh, they projected him at 3.38. He was one of the highest on the site. He was second highest return on investment there. As I alluded to earlier, red zone positive regression. Um, I think to take a stroll down memory lane, last year about two-thirds of the way through the season, Russell Wilson was kind of in this spot. A lot of red zone attempts, but considerable low corresponding touchdowns. Then, of course, we remember Baldwin blew up. 11 of his 14 TDs last year came in the last five weeks. Uh, in other words, his TDs started to catch up with his red zone pass attempts. This season, I kind of see Cousins correlating that. I, I see Cousins mirroring that a bit. Um, he leads all quarterbacks, as I said, with passes uh, inside the opponent's 10-yard line. Uh, he has three touchdowns to show for it. To put that in perspective, there are 11 quarterbacks that have at least 13 attempts inside the opponent's 10. Only one other one does not have four touchdowns to show for it, and that's Trevor Simeon. So I think Cousins is going to bounce back. He's going to get some positive touchdown regression. It's coming, and I think it's going to come this week. Who do you like? Uh, DFS. I got a few more to toss out, but uh, which quarterback do you have your eye on in Daily Fantasy, John? Well, this one was fairly easy when I printed out. Uh, I've got right now, and I'm sure this is bound to change. Like, like you said, I uh, I seem to know my way around the DFS sites. And uh, of the eleven lineups that I have currently, I've got Matt Ryan as my quarterback in ten of them. So I'm I'm pretty confident in Matt Ryan this week. And you mentioned the the three times multiplier at 7,200 on DraftKings. I'm going to need a 21 point day from him, but. Really, against Denver was the only time where he probably didn't hit that mark without uh, looking at the numbers. I mean, he had multiple touchdowns in all of the other games, and now he gets San Diego. So uh, I do have a concern, and we can address that when we talk about uh, the running backs, and it would be the only thing that I think prevent Matt Ryan from having the monster day, but he could also be throwing to his running backs as well. So Matt Ryan's the guy that I'm, uh, I'm pushing all my chips into the center on this week in DFS. I like Ryan a lot. Um... I, I got a couple out there, other ones to toss out there. I, I like to have a few guys sort of written down in each spot. I do like to mix it up, but in, in case we get some news that, that somebody gets injured or, or whatever, I like to have a few guys ready to go. Uh, Jameis Winston, I, I mentioned this earlier. I think it's a great stack. I like a lot of the Bucks. Um, 5,900 on DraftKings, 7,500 on FanDuel. Great stack with Evans. San Francisco's given up two TDs in each of the last three games. 
In other words, they surrendered two touchdowns to Tyrod Taylor, two touchdowns to Drew Stanton, and two touchdowns to Dak Prescott. Nary an interception during that time. Winston, although prone to some bad decisions, I think he can return your investment, certainly in DFS, particularly DraftKings. The other guy, I like the line, I like the game here. It's 53 uh, points over under. It opened at 50.5, the highest of the week. That is indeed uh, the Atlanta game. I'm going to go with Rivers on the other side. 6,500 DraftKings, 78 uh, FanDuel. Atlanta is 6.5 favorites. That means perhaps negative game script or in layman's terms. Vegas believes the Chargers are going to be down by a decent amount, and thus they're going to need to pass. Atlanta currently lists five defensive players on IR. Only five teams are giving up more yards per game. Only two teams giving up more touchdowns per game. Now, they started off the season giving up three straight games of over 25 fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Since then, it appears as though uh, they're tougher against the position than they truly are. Since week four, they played Cam Newton, who got injured. They brought in Derek Anderson. Since then, Paxton Lynch, and then a struggling Russell Wilson. Ironically enough, Atlanta's the only team uh, Rivers has never tossed a touchdown against. Again, only team Rivers has never touched down, thrown a touchdown against. I think he's going to get right on that, and I'm just drawn to this game. Vegas is expecting a lot of high scoring, and because they're not favored to win, I think they're going to have to pass. Thus, I like some Rivers. Anyway. I agree. That's that's going to be a fun one uh, for all fantasy owners to watch. And you know, if you've got Falcons or Chargers on your roster and they're not in your lineup this week, uh, they probably don't belong on your roster. Yeah, I really like uh, uh, Gates. I'm going to spoiler alert. Going to talk about him. I, I like a Gordon. I I like a Freeman in this. I like anybody on this. I've got uh, Julio in my league of note, my high school league. So I just don't think you can go wrong here with with this game. I think Vegas has this one, and I can see it going for more points than they expect. Well, if you want to transition right to the running backs, if you're not playing Matt Ryan. I'm playing a Freeman Coleman stack. I, you know, they, no team scores more fantasy points from the running back position than the Falcons, and it's split almost right down the middle. So why why miss out on the opportunity? Freeman's fifty nine hundred on DraftKings, seventy five hundred on FanDuel. Coleman's forty nine hundred on DraftKings, sixty two hundred on FanDuel. So they're not at the top end of the position, and I think you can plug those guys in. Guarantee yourself a bunch of points and then go, go nuts on your wide receivers. Yeah. Freeman's one of the guys I got mentioned. Uh, didn't think about stacking them necessarily, but you know, Atlanta expected to score 30 points. San Diego ranks 30th against standard running backs in four for fours adjusted uh, schedule 31st at PPR. So I, I like the running game there quite a bit. Another running game that I like, uh, although not my official yet, I got three officials. I like Melvin Gordon, once again, this is one of those games that is just going to be high scoring. Gordon leads the league in red zone attempts. He's third inside the 10. He's third inside the five. And they are going to score up the wazoo. So I like uh, Melvin Gordon a lot in this one. I got three other guys to list off real quick, John. And uh, you can tell me what you think about them or if you've got anyone else. But one guy, I'm going to do this quick. We mentioned Jaquiz Rogers. 
You already stated why you liked him a lot. 4,300 only on DraftKings. Um, they're coming off a bye. Lots of time to get him prepped, get him ready. The last time we saw him, he was running back uh, one week five. He was uh, 12th in PPR points, nearly 18 fantasy points. And, of course, that was without um, Sims. That was without Doug Martin. He had 30 carries for 101 yards and caught five of six targets considering Doug Morgan had a setback this week and from what I hear no timetable for return I think it's going to be a big volume day here lots of uh, plays to be had in this one and I like quiz I also like Spencer Ware we saw what he did last week Jamal Charles had a bit of a setback I think you're going to see a lot of the same I really like the under in this game um, uh, really in DraftKings, he is 5,800. Uh, he's the 10th most expensive back on both FanDuel and DraftKings. I just think Andy Reid, this is the kind of game he wants to, to, to play. They're at Arrowhead. They're expected to score 28 points. I don't know if they're going to get there, but I think they're going to truly rely on um, Mr. Ware. Last guy to toss out there. So I've got three official picks. Dequiz Rogers, Spencer Ware. And DeMarco Murray. DeMarco Murray is the chalk play for sure. Uh, only four teams have a higher rushing percentage than Tennessee, who runs the ball 48.64% of the time. Averaging 23 touches a game. Titans are home favorites over the Colts. Again, I talked about the Titans expected to score five points over their season average so far. Indy, in raw fantasy points given up to opposing backs, is third. Uh, week 5, Jordan Howard, 163 all-purpose yards last week. Lamar Miller, 178 total yards and two all-purpose touchdowns. Finally, uh, Indy has allowed five receiving TDs to go to opposing running backs. That's the most in the league. I like me some DeMarco Murray. I think that's going to be the chalk play. Also, Rodgers and Spencer Ware. And end the season so far. On running backs, I am uh, scoring 3.51 on my uh, $1,000 spent. So doing pretty well in the running back position. What do you think of those plays there, John? I'm glad to hear that because, I was, like I said, I was going through my uh, DFS lineups that I have set so far, and I've got Jaquiz in, in nine of the 11, uh, and I've got Mike Gillisley in a few. Um, I've got that Freeman-Coleman stack in a few. I've got Murray, I believe, in five. So uh, I'm going to ride on your coattails to to success. One guy that you didn't mention that I do have in there, I think uh, I've got Mike Davis in there as a, as a bargain basement guy. But Jeremy Hill, we talked a little bit about him uh, during the Bengals-Browns preview. Um, but he's got a fairly reasonable price. And like you said, Game, sp game script suggests, easy for me to say, that he's this is going to be a Jeremy Hill type of game. Uh, plenty of carries between the tackles to run clock, lots of goal line opportunities. Um, so I've got, I snuck Jeremy Hill into a lineup as well. Yeah, and uh, that's the Battle of Ohio there. Cleveland giving it up to uh, opposing running backs. And I really do think this is going to be a Hill game. Hopefully his, his shoulder has recovered. Uh, but I, I like a lot of the team there, Dalton, Green. I really do like Hill. Game script is uh, tipping their hat to that one, I think. That should be a Hill game, and uh, hopefully it is. I've got him in uh, quite a few lineups thus far and in my home league. Let's turn it over to wide receiver. Uh, as I said, been doing well with the running back at 3.51 thus far. Wide receiver, not as good. 2.6, just a little shy of 3. 
Uh, I got two. I'm spending up at wide receiver. John, um, I'm got, I don't have much to say because I think they're so damn good. I got Evans, no Vincent Jackson, leads the team with 31% of red zone targets. The man has 59 uh, targets on the year. Only two players have more. It's a great cash play. And then my other guy, A.J. Green. We've talked about him. We've alluded to him. Uh, second most in total targets. Uh, we talked about this uh, in the Vegas Vibes, and just recently uh, they're expected to get out and get out quick by a lot. Browns are 31st versus opposing quarterbacks and 32nd in schedule-adjusted fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. So I'm spending up with some Evans and some Green. Who do you like at the wide receiver spot? Well, I'm spending up a little bit too, uh, not quite to those levels, but just behind him, Amari Cooper at 7,900 DraftKings, 7,900 FanDuel. Um, I've got him uh, in a lot of lineups. I really like his matchup this week in Jacksonville. Um, you know, you, you've mentioned that uh, Crabtree's taken some of his thunder, but this is a real opportunity uh, for him to step up. Uh, and, and really assert himself as the go-to guy in that offense. And I don't know that uh, the rookie Jalen Ramsey is going to be able to do much about it. So um, I like Cooper this week. Uh, the other play I'm going with, we talked about a little earlier, Jamison Crowder, 4300 uh, and 6200 So a little little more pricey at, uh, at FanDuel, but a nice bargain at DraftKings. And uh, we talked about the advantages he has in the red zone, uh, the slot matchup, uh, a lot to like about Jamison Crowder this week. I probably would have tried to work Kenny Britt in as well, but uh, you know, in a lot of the formats uh, in the games that you'll want to play with that early kickoff in London, he's not included in the mix. And you know, if you don't want your lineups to lock on you early on, you can just avoid that game. Uh, there, there are a ton of good targets. You know, as as I'm looking through my my DFS lineups, I've got plenty of Evans, like you said. I've got some Julio Jones stacks with Ryan. Jarvis Landry's a pretty decent, uh, uh, you know, not quite elite level play, but uh, you can get him at, at a decent value. Um, I've got Marvin Jones in a lot of leagues. Uh, I've got Allen Robinson going. So there, there's plenty of places to uh, to spend your money, especially on a week like this where we talked about a guy like Jaquiz Rogers, where you don't have to spend at the running back position. You can throw a lot of money at the wide receivers. Yeah, and I like uh, Landry, like you say, in full uh, PPR formats, which DraftKings is full PPR. I like Landry there. Marvin Jones, I like that too. I've got him in my home league. Uh, I've heard people talking about Norman perhaps following him, but PFF has Brashad Breeland um, going to be matched up primarily by the numbers. I think he's going to see a, a bit of both, but uh, primarily Marvin Jones, 53%. He plays from... Uh, the left wide receiver spot, and that should be going up against Breland, who plays from the right cornerback spot 80% of the time. So I, I don't think he's going to see as much Norman as people have been talking, so I do like that Jones call as well. Um, let's talk some tight ends here before we get into a, a couple of cool calls here. Uh, thus far, tight ends, using my draft kings, shooting for 3x value. I'm at 3.56, doing well there. I've got... Um, a couple guys, not much to say, but um, one guy you already alluded to, I believe, Bray, again, no V-Jacks, coming off a bye. Uh, I don't know how many bucks I can get in there, and I'm certainly going to limit myself, but I've, I feel like I've been talking about a lot of them. I also like Tammy, uh, highest implied team total, 30. On a uh, per-game basis, only six teams are giving up more 
points to opposing PPR tight ends. San Diego has eight defensive players that are either listed as out or on IR, and that's including three of the four starting secondary guys, Verrett, Flowers, and Aday, Jaleel Aday. I think this is a good GPP play, and my official pick is going to be Gates. Again, highest over-under, opened at 50.5 against the Falcons. Last week, Gates led the team in air yards, uh, which was interesting because last week, air yards, the two tight ends led the team in air yards, um, which correct me if I'm wrong with air yards, but it would be the amount of yards thrown to him. If he would have caught every single ball thrown to him, that is his air yards. And essentially that, that shows you the potential or the amount of reliance a quarterback has in a wide receiver or a pass catcher in this case with Gates. We all know Gates could get the record talking about some narrative street. He could break uh, the tight end touchdown record. Certainly it's going to cement his um, place in the annals of history. And I think Rivers is on board for it. He's talked about it and he got a great matchup. Falcons 29th and schedule adjusted uh, points against the tight end spot in raw fantasy points. Only two teams are surrendering more to the position. Uh, Gates is my official tight end pick, but lots to choose from. Who do you like at the tight end spot? I'm going to go with uh, a guy we've talked about already in Vernon Davis. Uh, you know, the, the systems were set up with Jordan Reed as the high-priced Redskins tight end, so you can get Vernon Davis for 2900 on DraftKings, 4500 on FanDuel. That's pretty much bottom of the barrel at, uh, at both those positions. And with Reed out, I think you can plug him in for – most, if not all, of Jordan Reed's production. I mean, they're going to use him the same way. They're going to still rely on the tight end. That offense isn't going to change up that much. I think there's still a little bit left in Vernon's tank. He's still a pretty difficult red zone matchup. Plus, it's against your beloved Lions. And, and like we've uh, kind of beaten to death in this show, they just don't cover the tight end very well. No, they don't. And uh, they are a flawed team. I am a flawed individual, so I guess we're a match made in heaven. Um, defensively, John, defensively, I, I'm doing the worst at deep picking defenses, just 2.19, uh, per thousand dollars spent. Who do you like defensively in uh, daily fantasy this week? Well, they're, uh, they're a little bit more of a bargain on DraftKings at 2,800 than they are on FanDuel at 4,800, but, uh, the Baltimore Ravens. And, and again, the, uh, the extent of my research on the Ravens is, <laughs> versus Geno. And we talked a little bit about this before. It's a great opportunity for them. Um, if you want to save a little bit of money on FanDuel, I went uh, with the Bills uh, at 4700 But uh, the official pick, I'm sticking with the Ravens. I like the Ravens. That's my official pick as well. Baltimore, although I don't think you can go wrong by spending up for Minnesota. I mean, they are just on pace to be a historically good fantasy defense, but uh, Ravens 2,800 on DraftKings. I think that's a steal of a deal, and uh, I'm going to take them as well. Before we move on to just a few uh, fun things, before we wrap it up with John Tuvey, we've got uh, trivia question number four. Now, I don't think it's going to come as any surprise, but on a per-game basis, the Falcons and the Saints are scoring the most points. Falcons churning out just over 33 points a game, and the Saints are putting up 31 points a game. Now, I want to know, in just a moment after we hear the commercial break coming up, I want to know about the other end of the spectrum. Name one of the two teams that are not even averaging 16 points a game. 
Can you tell me those two teams, not even putting up 16 points a game in NFL through six weeks? Think about that as you listen to this. We will be right back. Welcome back, Pyromaniacs. You are back with the Pyro Light Podcast. I am Pyromaniac Mo, joined by John Tuvey. And uh, just as you folks know, the wealth of the Pyro Podcasts can be found on iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play, Stitcher, Podcast Attic, and our beloved Blog Talk Radio. As I mentioned at the top, uh, we recently gave away three limited edition Walter Payton Sweetness posters just for leaving iTunes or any review, any uh, format, platform, you listen to us, you leave us a review and we're going to reward you. This time around, we're going to give away a $50 NFL.com gift card. That's about six weeks from now, leading up to the show, the Fantasy Light Show, week 12, right around November 25th. All you got to do is leave us a review, go ahead and copy and paste that sucker into an email, send it over to me. That is Mozambique at Pyromaniac.com. You can also find it on my Twitter account. That is uh, Pyromaniac Mo. And we will announce the winner, as I said, around November 25th. Okay, John, uh, we talked about the Falcons and the Saints being at the top of the charts, putting up the most NFL points per game. Tell me, who's at the bottom? Can you name the two teams that are not even averaging 16 points a game? I'm going to go with one of them as the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. And I'm going to go with the other one as uh, the Browns. You, you might have still done the, the best I've had thus far. You got the J-E-T-S, Jets, putting up 15.8. The other ones is a B team. It's the Bears putting up ah. 15.9. And uh, both those teams, the quarterback woes. It doesn't signal a turnaround in the near future. So sorry to say for you Jets and Bears fans out there. All right, Pyromaniacs, we're going to wrap this up here. We've got a few fun things, though, for you. Uh, the stack plays this week. Now, guys, you can uh, check out what we have to say at Pyromaniac.com on our daily do's and don'ts. Uh, we put it out. We try to put it out Friday, but it is officially updated. We're always having writers add to it, officially updated and ready for you Saturday so you can get your DFS lineups in. That's Pyromaniac, the daily do's and don'ts. John, give me some stack plays that you're looking at this week. Well, if I've got Matt Ryan in a ton of leagues, uh, I must like Julio Jones. So it's uh, that's not going to be a cheap stack, but uh, I wouldn't mind playing that one. I wouldn't, uh, wouldn't stay away from uh, a Carr Cooper stack as well. And if you're not playing that uh, that Ryan Julio, you talked about the the rarely tried double running back stack. I'm going to try that with uh, Devontae Freeman and uh, Tevin Coleman. I think both those guys are going to have opportunities against the Chargers, and uh, I don't want to miss out on one of them. So uh, you know, for a reasonable price, I can uh, I can sneak both those guys into my lineup. And again, fortunately, we're recording this on a Friday because uh, I did have that bargain. Hoyer, Jeffrey, Meredith, Zach Miller, Mondo stack that uh, had I been able to sneak that into more than the uh, the handful of lineups that I did, I would really be, uh, you, you might not be talking to me, I might have to, you know, to, like tie a tin cup to a, a wire because they would have cut off my internet. Hey, I was looking at that as well, Meredith, Hoyer, it all looked good, but uh, yeah, thankfully we we're saved by time. <laughs> um, I, I'm like digging what you're saying. Uh, the double stack there with Atlanta, I think that's an excellent GPP play. 
a way to differentiate your your lineup. You're you're going with hundreds of thousands of guys. If you're playing the millionaire maker, you need to differentiate your lineup. Having the double running back stack, especially in a game like this, Atlanta has the highest implied team total, as we've said. Uh, San Diego, stout against the pass, not against the run. And then not only that, Atlanta expected the um, the spread is heavily in favor of Atlanta. So that sets up for a really nice game script for I like Freeman and I like Coleman, so I like that double stack. also want to comment on the car play there I, we talked about a little bit of revenge earlier possibly Bradford Carr might have a little bit of revenge as well uh, when he was drafted I, I forget exactly if he was fourth or fifth or, or where he fell as far as which quarterback was taken but I do know Jacksonville picked Bortles ahead of him so it, that could be one of those things he's he's kept that newspaper clipping up in his locker and he's kind of stared at it, uh, thinking about those teams that passed him over. Could be a bit of a revenge game for Carr uh, going against the Jags there. Um, so I like that play as well. Uh, my stack call, I certainly like the uh, A.J. Dalton call, but officially I think I'm going to go with uh, Evans and Quiz. Now. I believe we might have been talking about this off-air, John. I don't remember. We might have even talked about it on-air. I've had a, a couple of IPAs thus far from uh, Ellison Brewery. But we talked about wide receiver running back stacks is not often used. And again, TJ Hernandez did a great study from 4 for 4 and discovered that it's only a .07 negative correlation if you start a wide receiver and a running back. Now, again, everybody thinks that that's going to... Uh, cannibalize one another. And that .07, first of all, that's basically nothing. And secondly, that's counting all 32 teams. If you can identify a team that's going to score a lot of points, a, a team that has a good matchup, now you're talking. And to me, if your running back gets a first down, that's more opportunities for your wide receiver and vice versa. So I really like the evans jaquiz Rogers stack. I think it's a GPP play. Uh, a way to differentiate your lineup a little bit. So I like that one as well. And as you mentioned with uh, San Francisco running a lot of plays, that means more opportunities for the Bucks to run plays as well. So they're going to get their uh, their opportunities. And if you even, uh, you know, if, if Evans is a little pricey, Rogers saves you some money. You talked about liking Cameron Brait in that game as well. So uh, another bargain tight end. So, yeah, um, you know, a, a fairly expensive wide receiver, a couple bargain spots in in, uh, in two more positions, and then that leaves you plenty of uh, space to uh, to squeeze in some more big-name guys. Well, and like you alluded to there, uh, the fastest-paced team they're going against, which means you're going to play faster. And we're talking about a guy that's the third most targeted wide receiver, as is Evans, going with Rodgers that had 35 touches the last time we saw him. So big slice of the pie. We love to chase opportunity at the wide receiver and the running back spot, and that's exactly what they have. What about the other end? As I said, we have a paramaniac, the do's and don'ts. So I'm going to fade. I'm going to move away from a couple guys. One, Brandon Marshall. Uh, without Decker, he has suffered. And then, of course, like you say, Geno Smith, drop the mic, walk away. Uh, my other fade is going to be Demarius Thomas. It's a Monday night game. 
Broncos are expected to beat Houston by over eight points. So if the game script does indeed play the way Vegas is predicting, perhaps Denver gets up early, plays defense, chews the clock. If indeed the game script does go that way, they're not going to need to pass. And furthermore, and perhaps the most disparaging factor, Demarius Thomas, he's going to likely see A.J. Bowie, I, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, he grades out at Pro Football Focus's, um, I believe it's the number one cover corner. Uh, he grades out very high, nonetheless. Uh, and I believe I wrote down the cover corner was number one. And I think he's going to be able to shut down Demarius Thomas. And I just don't think they're going to call his number that much just because of the game script. So I'm fading Brandon Marshall and Demarius. Anybody that you're looking to move away from this week? Well, the one guy that uh, really struck me is uh, a guy that I, I was fortunate enough to to play the last couple of weeks and, and when he was still a bargain price. But now the price tag on Jimmy Graham is going back up to old Jimmy Graham. And uh, just in time for him to face uh, an Arizona defense that uh, is the second toughest for tight ends to score against. They're, uh, they're giving up a little less than five points fantasy points per game to the tight end position. So... I'm not going to spend the 5800 on DraftKings to uh, to squeeze uh, Jimmy Graham into my lineup, not when there are so many good tight end uh, options that we've already talked about. I'm going to wait for uh, another opportunity for Jimmy to have a much more favorable matchup, and then maybe I'll look at paying that top dollar for him. I like it. Something you always got to consider. One of the reasons I like Daily Fantasy, every time you can add a layer of strategy, uh, you have to take that into consideration. Last one. This is one I've lovingly deemed, after different strokes, uh, what you talking about, Willis? This is the one where you might get a double take, but we're talking about bottom basement pricing. And I'm going to lead it off here. So these are guys that are basically $500 within the league minimum. The league minimum on DraftKings is $3,000. I got two guys that are bottom basement prices on DraftKings, both $3,000. First one, we kind of talked about Seth Roberts. Um... Lack of clarity on the ground game, even if Latavius Murray comes back for Oakland. You know, last week, DeAndre Washington, 10 attempts. Uh, Richard in the goal line, four attempts. Carr, as I said, uh, could be a bit of a revenge game. Carr is eighth in pass attempts inside the opponent's 10-yard line with 14. He's very efficient, uh, as he has five touchdowns to show for it, or is not as efficient. Um that's better than one in three. So he could do better, but not bad. I think with Roberts, he's the guy that leads the team in red zone targets with six. That's more than Cooper. We talked about his woes in the red zone in years past and this year. And that's more than Crabtree. Uh, the kicker here, he's going to be matched up against Devin House. PFF ranks 115 cornerbacks. Mr. House in pass coverage ranks 113. So I think Roberts has a great matchup and, like I say, used heavily in the red zone. They don't have much of a ground game. I think that turf toe is going to nag Murray, and so I think they're going to turn to Roberts in the ground game. $3,000. Heck, you get nine points, and you're already at 3x value. The other guy I like is Chester Rogers. He is uh, the Colts. Number two wide receiver on their depth chart as of right now. Colts are on the roll facing the Titans. The game has nearly 48 point over under, and it's going to be close. Uh, three point spread that's actually, uh, or five point spread, I guess, that's favoring the Titans, I believe. 
Uh, Colts will likely have to pass. The question is, to who? Dwayne Allen is out. We know Moncrief and Dorsett are out. Hilton is listed as questionable, but he was full practice as of Friday. Like I said, Rodgers is number two on the depth chart. Last week, he posted a four-catch, 63-yard day. Boom. Right there, you're over 3x value. Give me Chester Rogers so I can spend up at some other spots for just 3000 Who are you liking, John, for a, a cheap DFS play? Well, I think we've talked a little bit about Mike Gillisley. I think he was, uh, if he wasn't your DFS play, he was your uh, your streaming running back, your, your pick and flick. Um, great opportunity. Even if LaShawn McCoy goes, he, he's going to be going, you know, with a, a bad hamstring or a tender hamstring, no reason to push him. They're going to give Gillisley plenty of carries and, and plenty of opportunity for him uh, against a Miami defense that – Hasn't been particularly great. You know, they really, uh, last week when they stopped Le'Veon Bell, they didn't really stop him. He only got 10 carries, uh, but he had uh, 108 yards from scrimmage. And, and I think Gillisley, if he has the full role, if he gets all of the touches uh, in, in Buffalo next week or this week, I think he can put up easily those sort of numbers, even if he's got a share. We talked about Buffalo and how much they run the football, uh, how much they rely on their running backs for their offense. And, you know, especially with no Sammy Watkins, Robert Woods probably isn't going to play this week. So they're really there. What's their next best weapon? Marquise Goodwin, uh, uh, Clay at tight end. It's going to run through the running back. So even if McCoy does go, they're going to try and limit his touches, and it's going to be a lot of Gillisley. So uh, for $3,000, bottom of the barrel price in uh, DraftKings, I'm going to plug Gillisley into plenty of lineups and uh, and hope he hits one out of the park for me. I think that's a heck of a call. I'm playing him in my uh, league of note, my high school league, and certainly going to get him into some DFS lineups so I can spend up elsewhere. That's a great call. John, it's really been my pleasure. I've often um, followed you. And uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. And uh, thank you for hanging with me tonight. Hey, my pleasure. Always fun to do uh, to talk football. And uh, fortunately, I wasn't able to uh, to sample your beers. So maybe we'll have to hook up and uh, we'll have to uh, take a taste of that. That looks pretty good. Absolutely, man. Uh, anytime you are in the Michigan, the Minton area, I'd love to give you a tour of the local breweries. I know them better than uh, my family would probably wish that I did. But uh, I know them well, sir. I know them well. Pyromaniacs. I am Pyromaniac Mo, of course, and I've been talking with John Tuvey. Give him a follow on Twitter. That's J-T-U-V-E-Y. And, of course, you've been listening to the Pyro Light Podcast, episode 49. Stay with us as Leo Kotke is going to take you out. And until next time, we will catch you on the flip side.